Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. In order to support this show and keep providing you tons of free content week after week, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash she and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better so that we can bring on advertisers that you won't want to skip through. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. But again, that's P-O-D com slash she. Thanks for your help. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of She. I'm so thankful that you're here. If you've been listening for a while and you have not left a rating or review, I would love if you would take a few seconds to do that if you are on Apple Podcasts while you're listening today. That would just be a huge blessing to me if the show has blessed you in any way. If you found any value in it, I would just love to hear that. It is such a blessing to get to hear what helps you, what you've enjoyed, you know, what I need to be doing more of. So your feedback is super helpful and also helps the show grow. So anyway, that's just a quick little uh, request I have if you're going to be listening to this episode. And if you're new to the show, welcome. Thanks for hitting play. Thanks for being here. I would love for you to stick around and I just pray that this episode blesses you. So today I want to talk a little bit about just adopting a biblical and truth-based mindset when it comes to health when it comes to pursuing wellness, healing, etc. I've spent a lot of time in the holistic space in the kind of natural living, clean living, etc. space and there's a lot of good in those spaces and there's a lot of helpful information that allows us and can help us make, you know, more informed decisions, be better stewards of our body and all of that is so good. But I also know that at some point it, it can be easy to slip into idolizing some of that stuff, to idolizing or obsessing over or stressing over the products we use or the food we eat or how often we exercise or how we do X, Y, or Z that we kind of fail to live. And we we move past stewardship into obsession and idolatry. I think that can be a really easy thing to do unintentionally. It can be a slippery slope. And so I just want to kind of dive into some truths that I've kind of had to, uh, you know, dig into myself and constantly remind myself of and just want to unpack a little bit there for your, you know, to take with you on your health journey, whether you're at the very beginning, whether you're five years in, whether you're just curious about it or, you know, an expert at this point and all things, you know, well, well-being and wellness. It's a topic I've become very passionate about naturally just through my journey, not just my fertility journey, but it kind of was kicked off through some of my digging in to find answers after I had some recurrent pregnancy losses and kind of being on the other side of that that journey a little bit in some ways now having children, it's naturally just evolved into wanting to, you know, be the best steward of my home and of my body for, for my children, but also of their health and their body and to be aware of the things that might be harmful to them and, you know, to some degree try to shield them from that. But also, you know, it can be so easy to be afraid and fearful of everything. Um, and so learning like, okay, well, what does it look like to make the best decisions that I can with what I have, but also not live in such fear that I, that it's like, we start beginning to, we look that we're not living, that we're, you know, afraid of everything. Like, I don't want to instill a spirit of fear into my family. I just want to have a spirit of awareness and intentionality 
but not obsession or fear. And it's like, how do you define that line? What does that look like? So all of that said, you know, I think it's just an important conversation to have. And I thought I would just pass on three little truths for you to kind of just digest and sit with and and reflect on when it comes to pursuing health and well-being, when it comes to your own wellness journey, wherever you are in it. So that's what we're going to do in this episode. Buckle up. It'll probably be pretty short and sweet, but hopefully very encouraging. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Okay, so there is a verse in the Bible that a lot of people will reference when it comes to their sense of self-worth, body image, all the things, stewarding our bodies. And you probably are familiar with it. It's Psalm 119, where it says, For I praise you, or I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I love that verse. There's so much goodness in it, so much truth. There's obviously, I just pulled that one little line, but I was sitting there. So I have that fearfully and wonderfully made on like a, it's almost like a little like banner in my son's room. And I was sitting there rocking him the other day and I noticed it and I, Oh, I don't know where I've just heard it so many times that it didn't even like, I didn't even, it didn't even phase me that it said fearfully and wonderfully made. And I was sitting there and all of a sudden I was just like, I was looking at it and I was like, what does fearfully mean? Why is that the word that was chosen fearfully? Like, does that mean full of fear? Like I was so confused. So I did a little digging and I came across an article that kind of dove into this and I thought it was really interesting. So it says the word fearfully used in the passage of scripture is the Hebrew word yar or yare. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry. Y-A-R-E, which is the same word the Bible uses when referring to having a fear of the Lord. So this is really interesting because when the Bible talks about fearing the Lord, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're like terrified of God or anything. Um, it just means we have a reverence and a respect for God, right? And so this was interesting just to kind of dig into because I was like, okay, so this is a heart posture thing. And so, you know, we're made in the image of God, right? And it says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, or in other words, ha- like made with reverence and respect and honor. But it talks about the fear of God, you know, to have a deep respect or a reverence for God. And I think what David's saying there is, you know, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He's not necessarily, not necessarily saying like how great I am. Like he's not saying like, you've made me great. He's saying, I I am like way made wonderfully and, and amazingly because of you, because you are like God, you know, you were like in the greatness of God. And so being a reflection of that, like what an honor. And I think in our world, there's so many things that can be harmful. There's so many things we can do or use or come across every single day, right? That are harmful. And it can be so easy to start fearing those things. And like I said, like you want to have a spirit of awareness, and do what you can. But this spirit of fear is like not how we were designed to live, right? Like I think when we begin to fear those things, there's like a two, there's two parts I want to say here. The first is fear God, not the potential things that could kill you because everything's going to kill you because nobody escapes death, right? Like we always hear like, oh my gosh, everything's going to kill us. It's like, well, yeah, (laughs) we live in a broken world. So it's not really even about avoiding death or like avoiding things that are somewhat harmful because you won't be able to do that, right? There's always a danger. There's always a downside. There's always a toxin. There's always a whatever. It's just like, okay, well, how can I just maybe minimize some of that to be a better steward and not just be like lackadaisical about things, right? But this, this like fear, this deep fear of it where you can't like function because it's 
there's risks everywhere and there's unhealthy food everywhere. There's seed oils everywhere. There's this, that, and the other thing. It's like, okay, well, that's not how we were designed to live either, right? Like we were made fearfully and wonderfully. And if we if we dig into that word fearfully and we know it means it, in the way that it was written in, in the original Hebrew was about reverence and respect, then we want to have a reverence and respect for God and as a result of that also for our bodies. And so therefore, it is important to steward our bodies to do the best that we can, but not from a spirit of fear of the world, fear of the things around us, fear of the things that could potentially harm our bodies, but instead a uh, instead from this heart posture of, of respect and reverence for the creation of God, right? And therefore, when we do that, we respect and revere Him. So it's just really about the heart posture. Are you avoiding these things and doing these things because you're afraid of weighing a certain amount or of having a bigger pant size or of, you know, a certain toxin or whatever? Are you afraid of those things? Or is it, okay, I want to be the best steward of the body that I've been given because it is fearfully and wonderfully made. It is a reflection of the creator himself. And therefore, I I want to honor it because it, in doing so, I respect and revere God. So that's thing number one is like, what are you fearing, right? And then if you go to this kind of popular verse that we often refer to when it, when we're trying to like encourage, you know, each other or ourselves or whatever, when it comes to beauty or body image or competence, this fearfully and wonderfully made concept, the word fearfully is actually really important in there. And I think in this conversation about what are you fearing or what are you revering? Are you revering perfection? Are you revering how well you can, you know, live a certain lifestyle or how much better you're doing at it than someone else? Or are you fearing the world around you or are you revering God? And are you choosing as a result to steward the best, your the body you have and the family you have the best that you can out of reverence and respect for his creation, which is you and your children and your family or you know, whatever your situation is. So I think just like that shift in mindset is kind of foundationally critical because I think we can just miss the mark on that so much. The second thing I want to touch on in this kind of, in this topic is kind of in the same vein of, you know, are we revering, you know, clean products? Are we revering a certain way of eating or like a certain paleo or whatever you want it, whatever it is for you? Or, are you ultimately revering God and therefore just stewarding your nutrition, your body, your home, et cetera, as best you can? That leads into my next point, which is be careful not to let good things become God things. So what I mean by that is there's a lot of good things like exercising is a good thing. Choosing to, you know, minimize your toxin burden, good thing in, you know, on its own. Choosing to nourish your body well is a good thing. But the they become unhealthy and not good when they start to become little mini gods, when it's like you can't, when you start to almost like shame yourself if you eat out at a restaurant and maybe don't, you know, choose the healthiest thing once in a while. Or um, if you use a product that isn't, you know, super squeaky clean and safe or whatever, like if you aren't obsessive and it's, or even if you aren't overly obsessive, but it's just like, it's almost like become your identity to be like, I'm the, you know, this is how people know me. So I have to be you know, I can never like compromise on anything. And I've, I, and I'm saying all this from experience because there's, you know, certain things where I'm like, oh, I, I really shouldn't, I can't, I can't do that. I can't use that product. I'm like, what am I saying? Like, <laughs> this is super unhealthy, you know? So it's a constant gut check. Like, it's not like you just like arrive one day where it's no longer a struggle, but when you're doing any good thing, whether it's pursuing a job opportunity or pursuing a family, trying to have kids, trying to take care of your health, heal, you know, something that 
you're struggling with, any good thing can quickly become a God thing if it becomes the center of your universe and like what you're living for. And so that's the question is like, your gut check is what am I living for? And is what I'm living for worth dying for? Is this eternal? Or am I just so focused on the here and now and the potential risk of X, Y, and Z that like I'm missing the bigger purpose of why this even matters from an eternal perspective and a stewardship perspective? And am I just almost to the point where I'm like grasping for control? So second thing is be careful not to let good things become God things. And I would encourage you to do an evaluation pretty regularly in your life of like, okay, what are the good things that I'm trying to do? And have I become obsessive about any of them? Am I potentially worshiping them because I'm putting more emphasis, focus, and time on those things than I am on my relationship with the Lord, my relationship with people? The thing, like the first and primary calling is love God, love people, right? Make disciples. And if we're so obsessed with like every little thing when it comes to healthy living and that's in, and that's hindering our ability to commune with God, to commune with others, to, to serve, to connect, to carry out our primary mission on this earth, then we've lost, we've lost track a little bit. You know, we've gotten off track somewhere. And so we've kind of got to get back on track. That doesn't mean you just like stop stewarding things. Like I think we tend to want to live in extremes. <laughs> Sometimes when we realize, oh my gosh, I've made this a God, we like totally abandon all the things. And it's like, well, no, there's some good things you were doing to steward your health. You might just have to like shift your heart a little bit and maybe peel back the intensity in which you're doing things. Because you don't want to just swing to the opposite end of the pen, or the opposite end of the spectrum where you just don't care, you don't pay any kind of attention to how you're feeling your body, you're putting all this processed crap in your body, you're you know not paying attention to anything that you're exposed to, and there like you know what I mean like and there may be seasons where you have to like let it go a little bit more so you're not obsessive, but you kind of got to find that place in the middle where you're intentional, you're aware, you're doing what you can, but you're not obsessive or you're not totally like lazy about it either, like you don't neglect it. But I think that constant check-in is really important. So the second thing I want to encourage you to do is just evaluate some of the good things you've been trying to do, whether that's train for a marathon or clean out your products or do something else that would be beneficial to you or your family's health. And then ask yourself, is this just a good thing that I'm doing and it's in its right place or have I put it on the throne? And how do I get that back? You know, what do I need to do to get that back in its proper place? So that's the second thing. The third thing I want to say is, and this is probably a little bit hard to hear, but I think this is important for us to hear. I think in, in a world where we constantly are like hearing about like healing and healing yourself and doing all these things, it's like all the things we do matter and they do hold weight, but ultimately we don't heal ourselves physically, emotionally, mentally, like by ourselves. Like we can't take all the credit for it. And I think sometimes we tend to try to. And so I just want to remind you and encourage you that you don't heal yourself. Like you're not the God of your life. Now, are you in control of certain decisions and can you make better or not so great decisions? Yes. And my encouragement to you is make each decision, like make your next decision a better one as much as you can, but don't live under the illusion that, oh, because I did this, I healed myself. You may have helped improve symptoms. You may have helped improve certain things. Like your role in it matters. Obviously, you can't just sit there and like healing may not probably won't just like arrive on a silver platter, right? That could happen. Like sometimes Jesus just miraculously heals, but a lot of times it like, you know, we can partner with God in that. But this idea that we heal ourselves from everything, I think puts way too much credit on ourselves and therefore can like fuel this, this tendency to make healthy living or whatever, kind of a God and something we obsess over and almost something that creates fear because we think that like it was all us, you know? And even like, I've seen this in pregnancy, like, you know, I definitely did some new things in my fourth pregnancy. 
and prior to my fourth pregnancy that I think helped from like a physical medical standpoint with the pregnancy, like being successful. But I know plenty of people who did the same protocol and didn't have the outcome I did and, you know, vice versa in other areas of life. So it's like when it's God's still sovereign over it. Like, yes, there were certain steps I took and tests I did and protocols I was on, but like, I can't ultimately credit that for sustaining the life. Could it have helped? Did it probably make a difference? Yeah. But God decides who's going to be born and who won't and how, and how that works. And that's really hard for me to wrap my head around, like as a not as like a mortal being, I'm like, well, what, you know, it just seems cruel that he would let some babies be born and others not. And like, I don't understand that. I never will. But the reality is like, he's still sovereign over every life, whether we do certain things or we don't. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't take any steps. Doesn't mean we can't be proactive. Doesn't mean we can't use the resources available to us. Because I think part of his sovereignty is sometimes allowing us to have access to certain resources or allowing us to, you know, it's like, I don't know if you've ever heard the, it's like a analogy, but it's like a guy was drowning in the ocean and he like, pray, God save me, God save me. And then a boat came by and they were like, hey man, you need help? And he's like, no, 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 God's going to save me, right? And then the boat's like, okay. And the boat left. And then it was like a helicopter came. And they were like, hey, like, do you need help? And he was like, no, I'm good. God's going to save me. So the helicopter goes away. And then there was like a raft or something. There was like three different things that came, like, that came by to like offer him help. And he kept saying, no, God's going to save me. And then he drowned and died. And when he got to heaven, he was like, God, why didn't you save me? He's like, I sent you a raft, a boat, and a helicopter, and you rejected all of them, right? So he sometimes sends us his sovereignty or his practical help in the resources that are readily available to us. And you know what I mean? Like his sovereignty can come in the form of practical help or like, you know, a medication or a a boat coming to save us or whatever it might be. But God's still sovereign over that. Does that make sense? So I think just like keeping that perspective is really, really key. Yes, he might allow us to connect with the doctor or learn something that is really pivotal in our health journey if we implement it. It's on us to implement it or to accept the help to say, yes, I'm going to try that. Or yes, I'll take the boat, right? Yes, please throw me a ladder or a rope or whatever it might be. Yes, I'll take the, you know, I'll, I'll do this nutrition plan or whatever. But at the end of the day, he's sovereign over it. He allows us to discover those things. He allows us to utilize those things. And so I think just this, it's just like having a humble heart posture in the health process and the health journey, I think really helps with the tendency to try to be our own God or to turn good things into God things. So that's the third one. Have you ever wanted to live a little bit more of a natural and holistic lifestyle for the sake of your well-being and your family's well-being, as well as to be a little bit more self-sustaining, but just felt really confused on where to start, especially if you can't just like up and move to a farm tomorrow? Look, when I first started my holistic wellness journey, I remember I felt so overwhelmed. There's so much information all over the internet nowadays, and it's so hard to discern and to know which brands are truly clean and how do I source food locally and where do I even begin with all this stuff, especially if I have a busy life and I live maybe in an apartment or suburban life or I just don't have like goats in my backyard to go milk, you know, like how how do I do this? And, um, it can be really overwhelming. So what I did is I wanted to take the guesswork out of it for you because I think one of the biggest things that holds so many of us back is not only the financial side of it and the worry that it's going to be more expensive, but also the time. Most of us don't have months or years to invest in researching and reading labels and figuring out how to do that and doing all this research on our own. So we just don't and we kind of get stuck. So what I wanted to do is create a quick start guide for you. And it's called the Lifestyle Overhaul Guide. It is a step-by-step quick start guide to living a more natural and sustainable life. And it is laid out in a step-by-step format. It covers everything from budgeting for these changes to really reducing stress and creating a more sustainable schedule and lifestyle in terms of your time to 
cleaning up the products in your home and reducing your toxin burden, how to really start with that and what to prioritize and how to do that in a budget-friendly way to sourcing more food locally, shortening your supply chain, being less reliant on the grocery store and big food systems and starting to really use the resources in your local community. I'm giving you all the best resources on how to find those things, how to source those things and how to get started right where you are. So if that sounds like something you need, you can tap the link in the show notes on this episode or just go to jordanleedooley.com slash lifestyle dash overhaul to check out all the details and grab yourself a copy. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. I'm like, these are incredible. Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she thrivemarket.com slash she. And the last thing I want to say on this topic is If you're confused, because I think there's a lot of conflicting health information out there. I know that when I've been on my journey, I've been like, okay, this person says this is good. This person says this is not good. There's so many schools of thought, so many different approaches, so many different workouts, so many different lifestyles, so many different diet plans, like so much trendy stuff, you know? And I think for me, I had to stop trying to like insert myself because I think we try to like, we like to be part of something bigger than ourselves. We like to belong to a certain, you know, whatever, like a... Like if you're like doing the keto lifestyle, like you're in that community, right? Or whatever it might be. And I mean, I've had to kind of gut check myself on this, even with like the holistic community and whatnot, because that's also something that can be easily perceived as like a trend and be kind of a trendy thing if you're not doing it from the right heart posture. 
And so all of that said, like, I think there's a lot of information, a lot of confusing things as to like, what is healthy? What's the best way to get healthy? What's the best way to protect my family? Just, you know, steward my body, all of that. And it can be really complicated. (laughs) And I feel like God just in the process of my journey was like, it's very simple. It gets complicated because everyone wants to put their methodology on it and their, you know, stamp of how things should go, their, their terms on it, their whatever you want to call it on fitness, on, on nutrition, on, everything, literally. And I feel like it's actually very simple. It's like the closer you are to living how God originally designed and intended us to live, most likely the healthier you're going to be. Now, in today's day and age, that takes some work. Like this was very simple in the garden, right? When there was no like processed foods and there was no Weight Watchers diet plans and a million other diet plans. And when there wasn't 7,000 podcasts telling you how to be healthy and what to do and what to eat and all the things, right? So that was probably a lot simpler. It was like, God made this food. He gave us dominion over the animals. So therefore we will eat the animals and the food. And we don't have to think about all these things. Now it takes a little bit more effort because there's a lot of processed fake food you got to get through. There's a lot of animal products and foods that are pumped full of hormones and are you know made on mass scales with mass farming, which therefore kind of damages the nutritional value of the food. The soil is depleted. So in you know many places. And so sourcing you know food that's closest to what we were originally intended and designed to eat does take some more work. Now, I'm not saying we should never like eat a burger from the restaurant. That's probably not sourced from the best farm or whatever, because that's where you can start getting into obsession and control and fear and all of that we've just talked about. But at the same time, this awareness and this like this coming back to how we were designed, like, well, how are we designed to live? What is health, you know, or or what is, what is the original design? Cause that's going to be as close to health, right? As like our bodies were made to live in community. And what, and like, like, look, if you just look at Genesis, it's very simple. And I, I could dive deep into this, but I'll just give you a quick overview. In Genesis, God gave man dominion over the animals. He gave him the garden, right? So there's like a lot of food sources that God himself designed that are not man-made, processed, created, whatever. Okay. Is that, does that mean it's bad to eat a chip now and then? No, <laughs> but as close to that as possible, right? So Coming back to, you know, I think there's a lot of even just lies out there that like animal products are bad. Well, animal products aren't the problem. A lot of the problem is the way that they're manufactured, the way that they're farmed, the way that they're processed, all of those things, which then therefore can make them not so good, right? So that's where like just the intentionality, like we, if you look at the garden, man was made to have dominion over nature, to have dominion over animals and to be in community, right? God gave him woman. And so, because he desired a companion and, or well, because God said it's not good for man to be alone, right? So, what's interesting to me is if you look at the creation story, God looked at all of creation and he said, it is good. But the only thing that wasn't good was that God, that man was alone. So, if we kind of go back to this and then he therefore made it good by making man not be alone, right? He created woman, he created Eve. And if you look at this like very simply and holistically, it's like, Okay, so our world has become so much about mass production and convenience and quick and fast and easy. And that's not to say a convenience food now and then is the world's worst thing. But because that's what's so readily available, it just feels like it takes more work to live, eat, and you know, play, if you will, closer to God's design because we have to seek out you know, the food that hasn't been genetically modified. <laughs> we have to make a little bit more of an effort to eat food that's you know coming from more nutrient-dense soil that's not being pumped with hormones, like AKA meat to whatever, like regeneratively farmed stuff, just cl- regeneratively farmed stuff, or in other words, like meat, et cetera, eggs, all of that. 
that is closer to the original design than something that's like, you know, monoculture mass farmed, right? So yes, it takes a little bit of education and a little bit of effort to figure out, okay, well, where do I find these these food sources, these things that are closer to how God designed us? Now, they can be more pricey too. So it's also a question of what can I afford? And it's much better, in my opinion, to eat conventional, you know, conventionally farmed meat than fake processed stuff still, because conventionally farmed meat is still closer to God's original design than like some processed fake food that's claiming to be healthy, right? There's a lot of quote unquote health foods that are marketed, but they're still processed and man-made, right? So anyway, it's kind of coming back to that. But ultimately, like it does take a little bit of effort up front to find those resources and find those things. But when you can do a lot of that locally, this is where the community piece comes in. You get really involved in your in your local community and you connect with local farmers, local families, co-ops. Like it's just it it almost is like in today's culture, that's the closest way in today's world. Yes, there's still going to be moments where you would drive through Chick-fil-A and like do those kind of things, right? And everyone's going to say, that's the Lord's food because, you know, it is. But no, but like if you really simplify it, though, it's like, okay, I I need to – what can I do to just live as – like and work and, and eat and nourish my body and all these things as closely to how God originally designed it? Am I getting animal protein? Am I getting animal protein that's, you know, as not like intervened with as possible, not pumped with hormones? Like am I eating – food from the earth that's not sprayed with tons of pesticides and covered with GMOs. And even if I am, that's still better than eating man-made processed stuff. So it's just, it's not about eating perfectly. It's not about doing this a hundred percent. It's just saying, how can I get a little bit closer to getting back to how God originally designed us to live and to eat and to nourish our bodies, right? And when I do that, I will probably have to find some things in my local community because that's how I'm going to, when you, when your food chain is really long, when there's like, you know, when it's from another country and then it gets sent to the grocery store. And then it gets sent like when there's like all these steps from the time, from the place that it's grown to then transferring to the grocery store, then transferring home to you. When there's all these steps, it's more likely for there to be, it's not as nutrient dense because it's has to have a longer shelf life, like all of these things. And so getting plugged into your local community, getting eggs from your local farmer, getting, you know, milk, eggs, bread, even some produce from like local farms, farmers markets, it then naturally it grounds you in your community, which is also part of what health is. Health isn't just going to the gym, getting shredded and drinking like these man-made icky protein shakes. Okay. It's like, that's not the picture of health. It's a picture of like fitness maybe, but health is like spending time outside. It's eating as closely as we can to how God originally designed. It's being in community. It's, it's the mental, it's the holistic view of the person, not just how many macros we eat. Right. And I think we've just gotten so far away from that that it seems complicated to figure out what's actually healthy. But if you break it down, it's like, this is actually pretty simple. You know, it's not loading our bodies up with a bunch of fake phthalates and fragrance and things like chemicals, you know, toxic chemicals. I hate to use the word chemicals because there are chemicals like water that are not harmful, right? But harmful chemicals, like when you're overloaded with harmful chemicals and you're over all the time exposed to uh, electromagnetic frequencies, aka EMFs, when you're constantly just eating convenience foods and man-made processed stuff and tons and tons and tons of greens and because that's what health culture says is healthy but not maybe actually as beneficial because you're not getting enough animal proteins like when you just go back like simply and holistically what can this look like the bible is pretty clear it's like not that hard you know it's like be outside commune with god commune with your neighbor have dominion over the animals aka eat animal protein and animal fats like there's immeasurable like there's so much nutrients in organ meats and 
animal protein and animal fats like butter and raw milk and like God gave us these things. Why are we trying to like create different versions of it? You know, that's like all processed and made with oils and fake. And so it's like, it's not about avoiding everything like the plague. Occasionally you're going to eat things and do things that aren't, you know, maybe as close to God's design as you would like, because it's just the world we live in and you have to like function and not like be afraid of everything. But there's a lot of things that we are quote unquote eating that aren't actually food, right? Like they're sold to us as food, but there's nothing nutrient dense or it like nothing nutritious about it nothing that's food about it honestly it's just processed and fake so it might be edible but that doesn't make it food right so and a lot of like health foods that are packaged and sold to us as health foods like if you actually read the labels you're like wait this is like 98 percent not real stuff you know so anyway all of that said like I think I just want to encourage you that like health doesn't have to be complicated. And I think the more we try to live as closely as we can, again, not from an obsessive fear driven, whatever mentality, but just uh, from an intentional place, like the closer we are to getting back to God's original design for humans to live and work and thrive, the more we will naturally heal, the less, you know, toxins we're exposed to, the less processed stuff we're consuming, uh, the more that we're in nature and community than we are in front of a screen and, you know, in a cubicle and like, you know, again, nothing wrong with working in a cubicle. But my point is like when we're isolated, when we're looking at blue light all the time, when we're consuming, you know, processed foods and, and hyping up on caffeine and not sleeping well and like not giving our souls rhythmic rest. That's another element of re- of health, like a regular rest. God himself rested on the seventh day, right? He instructed us to Sabbath. Like if there's not this regular rest, I'm not saying it has to be Sunday, you don't do anything, but if you don't regularly rest your body and your soul and your mind, that will affect your health too. You can be eating as clean and healthy as you want, but if you're super stressed and like burnt out all the time, your hormones won't regulate, your your body won't like process and, and get the most benefit out of those nutrient-dense foods as possible because it's living in a state, of, a state of elevated cortisol and adrenal fatigue, right? So again, it's just like, what? how did God originally design us to live? What guidelines did he give us? What, what did he make our bodies to do? And how have we gotten away from that? And how can I maybe take a few steps to get back to that, to get a little bit closer to that? I think I think we're just missing the mark. And I think when we can ask those questions and make those steps to just take even a couple steps closer to back to how God originally created and designed us to live and eat and all of that, like I think the easier health will be and the more effortless it will feel. Like, sure, it takes a little bit of intentionality, especially to figure out where do I source some of this stuff or how do I do this and how do I shift my like lifestyle, maybe slow down a little bit and do some things a little differently than I would have or, you know, have done in the past to live a little bit more according to this design. But the more that you do that, like I know from personal experience, and it's not 100%, like I would love if I was out in the middle of nowhere on a farm and not, you know, like, like in suburbia as much as there's benefits to that too. Like there's, I'm I'm not like doing this 100%, like I'm not frolicking around the garden all the time, but I've made some intentional efforts to try to get a little bit closer, a little bit closer back to how God designed me to live and designed humans to be able to thrive, like by having regular rest, like by prioritizing sleep like by you know trying to support my body when it comes to how I'm nourishing it where I source meat and eggs and whatnot from local farms like doing what I can you know and then trusting him with with the rest like this idea that you have to do it perfectly is going to create a God in your life but if you release some of that pressure and you just go what can I do where I am with what I have to get a little bit closer back to how God originally designed me to live work eat play etc that's, that's it. Like that's, that's the health plan. That's the, you know what I mean? Like we just get so caught up in so much of this, whatever the label is paleo or 
keto or intermittent fasting or whatever you want to call it. And it's like, if we take the labels off, we just go back to the Bible and we kind of go back to how we were originally designed. It's actually pretty simple. It doesn't mean it's easy. It does take some intention, but it is simple. And all these like conflicting health guidelines and everything else are going to kind of fade away when we can get back to what does God have to say, you know? So anyway, just want to share those thoughts with you because these are things I've kind of had to process in my own health journey as I've navigated what this looks like, not just physically, but also how it impacts me spiritually. And, you know, the body is deeply sacred and deeply spiritual. So it's the soul and the body are so intimately connected. You can't like separate them. So if you're doing all the things for your body, but it's weighing on your soul because you've created a God out of it, or it's replaced, you know, your sense of need for God because you've kind of become your own God, or you have this, like, you're living under this illusion that you can somehow, like, fix everything and control everything versus steward everything as well as you can, which is totally different. You're going to be really worn out, you know, and your soul will be fatigued even if your body looks great or feels great. So, I hope this is helpful. I hope it's encouraging. I know sometimes I need these gut checks and just reminders of truth in my own journey. So I thought I would just pass them on. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Feel free to you know, send me a message on Instagram or an email if you have additional thoughts on this. But I think this is a really important thing to talk about, especially in our world that is obsessed with the next health trend, the next guideline, the next diet, the next workout, the next you know holistic thing, whatever. Like All that stuff can be good. Trust me. I value a lot of it. But I, it can very easily and quickly become a god, and it can very easily and quickly become so much more complicated than it ever needed to be. And so we just have to kind of go back to the drawing board and go back to what does God say? What did God give us? And how do we get back to that a little bit? I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.